Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I throw my pain with my wishes in a wishing well. This week, we talk about something that a friend of mine showed me a few weeks back. He was pretty infatuated, enamored, I don't know the perfect word for it, by the idea because of the building he worked in, uh, liminal spaces. Uh, there's a chance that if you roam the internet, you have seen a picture of the back rooms. Video watchers can see it here on the screen. And for audio listeners, the back rooms depict what is best described as an emptied out office with yellowish lights and unappealing wallpaper that's slightly yellow with the blue outlines of elongated arrows, as well as a carpet that looks a bit moist. The vibe that the room gives off is musty uh, and the original picture which came from a creepypasta which if you're unaware is a short horror story basically if not horror it's meant to creep you out but the caption on the picture was as follows quote if you're not careful and you no clip out of reality in the wrong areas you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet the madness of mono yellow the endless background noise of fluorescent lights and maximum hum buzz and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in god save you if you hear something wandering around nearby because it sure as heck hurt you end quote no clipping is a term used in video games, by the way. It's when you glitch somewhere in the game and you fall through the computer-generated world. Uh, maybe when you've played Minecraft and you fell through the world, uh, you've seen this happen where you see all the lava, all the caves, all the diamonds, and you just see, you know, fall through the world and then you die. But, you know, who cares about that part, am I right? Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what the caption said. It, it is pretty pretty creepy especially if you do see the picture if you're an audio listener i would recommend that you look it up just look up back rooms you'll find it um, it's pretty good but the photo exploded uh, even without the caption the photo was strangely eerie it included feelings it like induced it induced feelings of massive discomfort there's no person in the picture it feels like something is off maybe something is missing it feels like you aren't supposed to be looking at the picture uh, and these liminal spaces, these photos, they're uncanny, they're uncomfortable, and sometimes nostalgic. But again, they're off. And so we define liminal spaces with two definitions. Quote, well, if you look it up on Google, you get two definitions. Quote, relating to a transitional or initial stage of a process, end quote, or, or and, I don't know, uh, and or, Quote, occupying a position at or on both sides of a boundary or threshold, end quote. Liminality can also be a transitional space, even a point in life where you're in transition, graduating, saying bye to friends. They can, of course, be physical spaces, a school after classes have ended, an empty parking lot, a house with all of its furniture removed. A lot of people see these images and they feel a sense of familiarity, a sense of I've been here before. Uh, others feel something called, uh, from the, de the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, which is uh, a dictionary that was made by some guy, I don't remember his name, but it was a w bunch of words used to describe uh, situations and feelings that 
were, you know, poignant, sorrowful, and, and not very great. Like, I actually have it pulled up here. We can read a few of these. Ringlorn, uh, adjective, the wish that the modern world felt as epic as the one depicted in old stories and fo- folk tales, a place of tragedy and transcendence, of oaths and omens and fates where everyday life felt like a quest for glory, a mythic bond which an ancient past or a battle for survival against a clear enemy rather than an open-ended parlor game where all rules are made up and the points don't matter. These are some some longer ones. Here, here's another one. Lilo or Lilo. Noun, a friendship that can lie dormant for years only to pick right back up instantly. If no, as if no time had passed since you last saw each other. Uh, is there another short one or are they all huge? Um, I think they're all pretty big. Yeah. But uh, those two should give you a sense. And we have another one other than canopsia. But canopsia from the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows is... Uh, defined as the eeriness of places left behind. So like when something gets abandoned, an abandoned hospital, an abandoned anything, there's an eeriness to it. It's a place that was left behind. It's gone. And there's no one there anymore. There's nothing there anymore. It's not like you left. It's everyone. All has just been abandoned. It's gone. And it's been left behind. And there's a certain strange tinge, a strange feeling that comes from these things. Or from these places. And that's what Canopsia describes. And that's what these liminal pictures or liminal spaces, if you look up the, if you just look up liminal spaces on Google and go to images, that's what this feels like sometimes. Sometimes it's like an empty gas station or maybe even one car with no people at the gas station. Who knows? But another word from the same source, uh, uh, Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, is animoia. A feeling of nostalgia from a time you've never known, which may be due to the fact that although you may not have been in the place where the picture, the liminal picture specifically was, you know, you've been in places like a swimming pool, a playground, a a poorly furnished or unfurnished house, a, a gas station. So if you look at these liminal pictures, and I'm sure I'll have a bunch on the screen, if you look at all of these liminal pictures, maybe some of them make you feel this certain way. They make you feel a bit weird, a bit uncanny, uncomfortable, again, nostalgic. And again, it feels like maybe you're not supposed to be looking at the pictures. Maybe, I don't know, something is just off. It doesn't, doesn't feel right. And they're just, they're just so weird. Um, A lot of times these pictures are taken without very, they're not very good quality. They're very noisy and low quality and, and they're really, they're never really significant places. It's not like an empty Eiffel tower or something. There's, they're ordinary. They're out of context. Sometimes they evoke anxiety or fear. The ones with the hallways or the corners make me think sometimes like what's behind that corner, right? What's behind all of those zigzags is a bit terrifying. If you're interested, you can go to r slash liminal spaces on Reddit and you'll find a bunch of them taken by people just out in the wild. I don't derive much pleasure myself from looking at them. They make me feel not great. But my friend was rolling in them. He was loving it. He'd have them pulled up. He showed me a bunch of interesting videos on them. We spent a ton of time going through them. And he told me about and he talked to me about how he felt like the building that he'd worked in for the past few years seemed to be turning into a liminal space. He'll be moving away soon. And he was left with this forlorn feeling that this place he learned so much in and 
worked on so many of his skills at has just it feels abandoned to him a bit and he was he was having a good time let me tell you he was he was semi-chubbed for these liminal spaces it was it was a good i mean he was he was passionate about it he really was um but uh, the next thing in the middle of our conversation on liminal spaces we went to get food he got chipotle i got zaxby's i have an addiction to zaxby's let me tell you and also i just discovered their salads they have this one salad that's like um i don't remember what it was called but it's the one where you like get buffalo wings in your salad like boneless ones in your salad and it's like eight dollars like nine after you paid the tax and everything it's like basically so nine bucks and if you just get like uh, a 10 piece it's like uh i'm not sure how much is a 10 piece a 10 piece is like 10 bucks or something it's like double the price uh is or like a way more than the way more it's not 10 bucks can we look this up right now let's see zaxby's we're gonna do some on the field research here uh where's this menu how much does it cost it may it might be different where you live but Let's uh let's find the the price here. Let's just get the wings. So just the wings. If we not the meal. Where where are you wings? Did I press meals? I pressed meals, didn't I? Uh okay. Here we go. Ten wings. Oh, never mind. It's the same price. Twenty wings would be okay. All right. My brain was just stupid. Anyways, I'm a big Zaxby's guy. That's the moral of the story here. Um, <laughs> he got Chipotle. I got Zaxby's. And whilst we walked back to the building, it was getting late around eight or nine, but it's a college campus. So lights are still on and buildings, workers in the dining halls. Activity was still happening a bit. Uh, once we got into the building, it was empty. Lights were dimly on. The monochromatic hallways with the gray floor and off-white walls were empty. And he says, this is, this is so liminal. And although he was making a slight joke referencing the, our conversation, he was right. And there was this sense of emptiness, thinking about the empty labs in the building, knowing that any room we entered would be void of people. The empty conference rooms it left me with a feeling of uh, emptiness, I, I guess you could say. I'd only been going to the building for a few months to that point. My friend had been there consistently for years on end now. I couldn't imagine what he felt going through the hallways because he was so used to seeing this building with way more people. But it didn't end there. We kept talking to like 10 or 11 at night. We, we, we talked about this for a while. Uh, I was, it was really, it was, I, I love seeing him get passionate about things. And so this was one of those things. And so seeing him, seeing him get really excited about it, I loved listening to him talk about it. And we watched a bunch of videos and it, it was actually, it was really good. Um, a good good day overall although i mean again these things super uncomfortable to me but uh you know i didn't mind sitting there being a bit uncomfortable i don't know i guess it's like watching horror movies with people why would you enjoy that i don't i don't watch horror movies i don't do that and this is this is wild uh, anyways like i said i'm afraid of what's behind the corner like if it's in front of my face that's great but if i if my like blinds are closed I'm like, if I open those blinds right now, what happens? What do I see? You know, I don't, I don't like that. Um, but um, uh, where was I? Uh, I don't remember uh, whether or not I missed the bus that day. It was time for me to go. Again, I go to bed at nine, so 10 or 11. We, we talked for a while. I don't remember whether or not I missed the bus. But walking out of the building, the campus was silent now. 
The streets were empty, the atmosphere was dark, and as I walked down the sidewalk to the buses, my mind was primed to search for this liminality, and I could see it. Even down the roads of the campus I'd only been in for the past half a year, remember, I didn't go to campus for my freshman year, I was in COVID, Uh, seeing the empty roads, the abandonment, the, the feeling of knowing there are people here but not seeing them, this dissonance between my understanding and my perception was discomforting. I'm not sure what more to say on this. The eeriness is a rough and that's something I thought I'd share. The, the streets were completely empty. There were some lamps on lighting the way for, from the building to where I would need to go to get on the bus. And, you know, the sky was dark. It was dark. The cars weren't really going anywhere. The dining hall, the lights were on, but there was no one there now. And it was all just liminal. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, I, I definitely haven't hit time at all. I'm at like 13, 12, 13 minutes. So I wanted to talk about this last piece, becoming liminal, the transition into the transitional phase or space. The process of the building, my friend did his work in becoming abandoned as different staff left the institution, leading to projects getting shut down or left behind and students not coming anymore. One thing I wanted to talk about was this. The way my college works for ECE, electrical and computer engineering, which is my major, uh, for your first year, you're a general engineering student. So semester one, semester two, general engineering. Uh, you, you take a engineering, like found fundamentals of engineering or foundations of engineering, whatever. You take one of those classes, two, two of those classes, one in each semester. Uh, you, you take, and then, you know, you have some general classes. So physics, chemistry, uh, physics, chemistry one and intro to chem, intro to physics. And then you're going to need to take physics two at some point as well. Um, for me, I skipped a lot of math classes cause I did it all in high school, but for other people, it's like calculus, calculus, you know, calc one, calc two, uh, calc three at some point. Uh, yeah, and you take all of these classes just for general engineering. And to be honest at this point, if you came into college, like, Oh, I want to be, uh, I want to be electrical engineer or I want to be in aerospace. Like it doesn't matter. You can like you can switch it at this point. It's fine. Like it doesn't matter. To be honest, your major isn't even like ECE or EE or CPE or ISE or MSE, if you know what any of these mean. The E stands for engineering and all of them. Okay. So at the end, okay. So, you know, whatever you can, you get the point, some sort of engineering. And uh, so, you know, if you switch here and you know, your second semester, uh, in freshman year, you will take like one intro class to your thing. So I had an intro to ECE, uh, which I'm still a general engineer, but they know where my interest is. So I take that intro to ECE course, and I'm sure that there's like an intro to aerospace, intro to material science, intro to whatever engineering. Um, and you probably take that and they, they go over a bunch of things like that you'll go like go through. So for the intro class, they did resistors, capacitors, inductors. They did, which is, you know, double E stuff and a very small amount on transistors right at the end. Uh, but then they did some stuff on logic and, you know, binary and, and gates and such and, and Arduino stuff, right? And the basic things for both EE and CPE to introduce you to both of them. Again, intro to ECE, not intro to EE, not intro to CPE, intro to ECE. Even though I only get an EE degree or CPE degree, it's kind of dumb. Um, but 
anyways, uh, that's, that's how it works. And then the second semester or not second semester, second year, your sophomore year. So third and fourth semester, you have, uh, you're an ECE major and you, uh, you are a general ECE student. So you take general ECE classes, regardless of what you want. And this is a point of contention uh, for sure from a lot of my friends, you know, a lot of them that want to do computer engineering, they, they do not at all enjoy the classes that, uh, that they need to take for our, for the EE like part, right? No one enjoyed circuits and devices, you know, right? Uh, and anyways, uh, these classes, like, and other than my college, you can find them at any college. Like every college has the same like classes uh, in their major. They're taught differently. They're taught in different ways. They'll, they might teach different things, but the class names kind of like I have a circuits and devices class. If you go look at Berkeley, they have a circuits and devices class. I'm sure uh, they have a physical electronics class and embedded systems class, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyways, second year, third, fourth semester, general ECE student, you take general ECE classes, both that are a combination of double E ECE or double E and CPE. And yeah, uh, then your third year, so your uh, f- fifth and sixth semester, uh, you are you go into general EE or general CPE, so general electrical engineering or general computer engineering, uh, with one or two specialty classes. So, as a micro nano specialty, which is what I am, that's in that's in double E, so that's in electrical engineering, uh, and that's my specialty. So I have the base classes that every electrical engineer needs to take: AC lab, AC circuits, uh, EM fields. And to be completely honest, I'm never going to use any of the information I learned in any of those classes of the job I want to do ever there. That's why they're general classes. They don't really apply, but it's kind of probably for like, if you do decide to switch your specialization, like in a semester or two, then you like, you don't have to redo a bunch of classes. Um, and so that's probably the reason that in prerequisite knowledge, a lot of times, um, why am I getting a phone call right now? Not going to be able to pick that up, but we're going to have to wrap up soon so I can call that guy back. Okay. Um, uh, anyways, there's, uh, you know, that's, that's what you do in your third year, fourth year. I don't know. Honestly, I want to say that it's all just specialty classes and then there's a senior design project and that takes up most of the time. But, um, uh, anyways, most of, uh, the friends you may, oh, my personal class, by the way, my specialty class is semiconductor fundamentals. It's like semiconductor device fundamentals where I just learned about uh, semiconductors, you know, silicon, I don't know, some doping that with different stuff. So gallium arsenide, so I don't know if it, uh, it'll be fun. I, I hope it'll be good because I think it's more physics wise and physics and materials and chem. I, I, I like the, I like the science behind all of it. Um, Anyways, most of the friends you make in your first year, you'll probably, you know, you'll probably lose in your second year because they're going to go into a different engineering major than you. And then the friends that you make in your second year will probably go into a different specialty than you. And there's a lot of specialties. There's like, I don't know, 10 to 16. I don't even remember. There's a ton. There's a lot of them. There's like eight between EE and CPE. Uh, And so 
if not more. Uh, if I recall correctly, half of them are in EE, half of them are in CPE. A lot of my friends are going into CPE. Most of them are going into computer engineering and I'm an you know, electrical engineer. So I will not be seeing them anymore at all. <laughs> There's a chance I could have seen them if I secondary focused in CPE, which I thought about doing. However, I have a minor and that minor is going to take up a crap ton of my time and a crap ton of my credit hours. So I'm just going to, that's going to be my secondary focus, my minor. I'm digital marketing minor. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I won't be seeing them. We, we don't have any classes in common whatsoever. In all honesty, this is kind of to be expected. I mean, you know, life very rarely. Uh, this is just kind of what I've experienced in life. Very rarely do, do people stay around that long. This is a super, and that's not to be depressing. Okay. I know this sounds super sad. Uh, I mean, look, we all lose friends, right? We all lose people going from high school to college, going from place to place. If you move, if they move, like things happen. Sometimes bridges don't burn. They just kind of erode, you know, like the wood just decays. It's just no one's fault. No one did anything. No one effing cut the ropes of the bridge. Like it's, it doesn't, it's not that big. It's sometimes it's just, you know, left of the times, like the Titanic under the sea. Poetic, in it? Um, as sad as it may be, which I mean, you know, even so, even, even as lighthearted as we want to be about it, it is a little bit sad. You know, you make great friends, you meet great people, and sometimes, you know, you're going to lose them. And I, I kind of think about the Hyde, uh, Hyde, I don't know how he wants it to pronounce H-A-Y-D, lyrics from his song, Head in the Clouds. Uh, he said, quote, there's an expiration dates on the friends you've made, end quote. I think that's been reasonably true in my life. Uh, my longest relationship now is like, Ooh, man, let's, that is, that's a long time. Um, how old am I now? Almost six years. Actually, the guy that called me is, is, he's the longest one. Uh, the one I need to call back. Um, but, uh, like that's the longest one I've had. And to be honest, it's super impressive because the guy lives like 50 billion miles away. And so the, the fact that we keep in touch, to be honest, we, we talk like once every like two to two to four weeks, right? It's not often, but it's just that when we do, there's no, actually it's a per it's perfect for Lilo. The, the word we said before in the dictionary of obscure uh, sorrows, a friendship that can lie dormant for years only to pick right back up instantly as if no time had passed since you last saw each other. So like, that's exactly how it is. Every time he calls, every time he texts, like there's no, there's no re like, there's no warming up time. Like we, we love each other. We trust each other. We know each other. We, we believe in each other. And there's no moment. There's no, there's not a second of like, awkwardness that, that doesn't exist we don't have that and so it doesn't matter how much time passes it's, it's irrelevant but you know um any but most generally the most of the i've i've hundreds of people i've talked to uh you know hundreds of people i've had like personal connections to most of them have left um and way more like i worked at panda express you know i worked as a customer service in terms of just raw interaction if we just counted the raw number of how many people i've talked to that's a big number big number okay and so you know my average expiration date for for friendships or any relationship non-intimate i don't do intimate relationships i'm a celibate man you know that uh, is uh, is about three months um if i'm consistently talking to them that's like Every single day I'm talking to them, about three months. 
Uh, it seems short, but it gives me what I need. Honestly, you know, when I talk to people, it's all about uh, getting information from them, learning about them and, and being able to use that information to further myself and further the people that I meet later, uh, which is helpful and good. But, you know, honestly, at this point, I get kind of confused when, when someone sticks around longer than three months, I don't really get it. I'm like, what do you want from me? Like, I thought that I was just taking from you and, is there something you're taking from me that I just don't know what's happening? I don't know. Like, I mean, I get really confused because I, I, I've talked about how relationships are transactional. And the thing is, like, um, I think that uh, I'm, I'm always wondering, like, what am I giving people? Because, you know, yeah, I talk a lot about, oh, I take this from people. Like, this is what I get from people. This is the value that people give me. And I don't really talk about what value I'm giving them. And a lot of times there's a people that give me like a ton of value. They just help me with a lot of things. One of my friends who's going into computer engineering, he, um, this guy like basically like got me through all of my classes. Like, you know, all of my friends were super smart and they could help me with things. But I, I, I was, I'm, I really hate some people. I just know, like they don't want to help you. They just, they will. Cause they're my friends, but like, it's like dog, I have other things to do like you're dumb. Why do I have to suffer for it? Uh, and, and so, but you know, every now and then you meet someone who just has pity on your effing soul. And this guy, he did, he would like, if I asked him a question, sometimes he was out and about and he, you know, how he, he's a student too, as, as smart as he is, the guy, what is he going to like, he doesn't have his notes on him all the time. Right. Like he, he at some point he's like, I, I don't remember, but every time he could, he would always respond whenever he could. And he would, he would always help me with everything. He would just like walk me through assignments. He'd, he'd, he'd give me assignments, you know, I didn't say that out loud. Um, but, uh, and, and you know, <laughs> without him, I would have, I would have, I definitely would have failed circuits and devices without him. That's just a fact. Um, I would have, I think there's another class that I, statistics, uh, I, I would probably statistics. I did pass. I got a, I got a C plus. I got out and got out of the class, uh, 3.2 GPA in college. I'm still above a three. Um, but that, that course, uh, he started doing the homework with me halfway through. I failed the first exam awful. Uh, and the, the halfway through after the first exam, I, uh, he did homework with me a lot. And, and other than just like, you know, <laughs> making sure my homework had the right answers. Uh, he like, I, he would like talk through the questions. And I think to be honest, to one extent, it's like funny, you know, you're sitting there, you're doing homework and then you like, you exaggerate like the simplicity of doing it. So sometimes if we have algebra and doing algebra homework with your friends, you're like, ah, yes, you X plus three is, you can't do that. But yeah, anyways, but like seeing him go over and seeing him talk about it, seeing him walk through the process, it helped me learn how to understand, help me understand how to think about the statistics problem because they were all word problems. It helped me understand how to parse the problems. Um, and so uh, that really helped me. So exam two, I did a slightly above average and uh, it was it was really good. Um, but, uh, and it was, exam two was harder. But, um, uh, you know, he, he helped me a ton. And yeah, I definitely, I, I would not, I wouldn't, have, I would have failed one of my semesters without him. I, 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 for sure. Right. Like I, whether it be this one or last one, like I, both of these semesters, this guy has helped me a ton and I'm super grateful means everything. But, um, like part of that is going back to what I was saying before. Like, I don't know what I gave him at all. 
Like I didn't do anything for this guy. Every now and then I like, I made fun of him. Like, I don't like, what more can I do? Right? Like I know life. I'm good at life. I, I, I'm good at, I know psychology. I know neurology. I know biology. I know ologies, philosophy, which doesn't help anyone. Um, like history sometimes the world war two stories are cool but um i know all these things about the human condition i know about life that's that's my that's my area of expertise that's what i've studied that's what i'm good at that's what i've helped people with that's what that's what i'm trained to do that's what i'm trained in. i'm trained in life i'm trained in the mind i'm trained in understanding these things um I actually, like I said a few weeks ago or a week or two ago, I, I wrote down a lot of my, a lot of my things, a lot of my mental strifes and, and stuff, and I worked through it. And I, the, I watched myself work through my own issues, and I'm I like, I was very, I was, I was, I'm gonna, I'm really, really just honking my own horn. I was really impressed with the way that I parsed everything, um, and I will talk about that at some point in the podcast and in a few, you know, at some point. But um, like that's what I'm good at. Uh, every now and then he'd come with me with like he was feeling bad because of things in his life and i i you know i'd i'd listen i'd talk to him if he told me anything you know i bullied him for being a drunkard he's not a drunkard but i bullied him for it uh, just guilt tripping as much as i can making him you know like the goal was like at what point does it get to the point where like he looks at a bottle and he didn't like things of my face and he doesn't doesn't drink you know but um <laughs> that's a very hopeful hopeful wish but um that's I, I i didn't really other than you know those few moments he never really asked asked for like substantial help like i can give advice like here and there just fine if you listen your life will get like marginally better of course like it's fine but you know, the people that i've that i help help a lot of them are like two three four years process like it is it is a long time I, one of uh, one of the stories I'm not sure if I've told on the podcast. I feel like I have, but um, uh, one of my brothers he uh, like took him. I want to say okay, he I was probably in, and that would have been uh, I want to say about four years it took him uh, um, to to like he's like ninety eight percent like just healed now. Like the dude's doing so well compared to what he was. I'm going to go way over time now. But uh, for that, like, and there was a question of like, do you want to be happy waiting for a response? And then I got one and then we, we walk through it. But for my, my friend who passed and got me through my classes here, uh, we're both really busy. Uh, I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel and I have a YouTube channel didn't even get posted to right? And I have all my classes and, you know, he's really smart. He can do, he procrastinates a lot, but he can do homework in like an hour if he wants to, because he, he like, he can figure out how to do it really quickly and then do it. For me, like I can do homework for five hours, the same, like one assignment and just, I still can't, still can't get it done because I'm just not good at it. Um, regardless of how much I like it. And anyways, uh, we're both really busy. So there was never any point where that and I don't know, man. I'm kind of retired from helping people, of course, uh, other than this podcast, in which case, hopefully you get something from this and you get helped from it. But in terms of personally one-on-one -on -one working with someone and helping them, I don't really do that anymore these days. Um, so I never really asked him specifically, but I was, I was waiting for him to one day come to me just like completely broken and re like really tired. Uh, and, and I we got really close right near the end, but 
I was studying for finals. He had finals. And so it's not time right now. Um, if he ever comes back to me, then that will happen. But uh, like, I never gave him anything, right? Like, it's not like, you know, there's some people in the world today that are alive because of my intervention, that because of my existence, uh, is there something? No, that's just my bed sheet. Um, and, uh, you know, those people, I know what I've done for them, I, their life. I gave them, I made sure they're not dead, right? Like, that's a lot to give. But this guy, I didn't do that. Like, I'm not smarter than him. I didn't give him anything. He's like brilliant, even though he's not as knowledgeable on psychology or all, all of these things that I know. The only reason I know more than him in these facets are because I've studied it. Like, that's it. He literally just never looked. Of course, he doesn't know. But if I told him, he would get it in one second. Something that might have taken me four, like five effing times read over on a research paper. This is the same sentence five times. If I tell him once, like, he's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, he gets it. He's brilliant, but um, I just didn't know what value I was giving him whatsoever. And so uh, like someone like that, if they wanted to talk to me more, I'd be super like just mind blown. Like, what are you doing? You're like wasting your time. You're like losing your like this is this transaction is so bad for you. This is the worst investment you can make ever. Why are you doing this? Like, I just don't know. And I don't like that. I don't like like I'm fine with taking things from people, especially if it's offered. I'm just going to take it. But like. At some point, it's like, dog, this just isn't fair. I'm not okay with, like, I'm not okay with you giving me this much and me not being able to give you anything back. Like, I'm wasting your time. You're wasting, like, stop. <laughs> but that's kind of why I like the three-month cycle. I think it's good. I'm going to get back to my script. That was a long effing tangent. Holy crap. My attachment issues aside, these transitionary moments these transitionary spaces in my life have always been kind of, I don't know how to put it, uh, but gray. Uh, gray is the best I can think of. They're not exactly depressing because nothing bad really happened. If anything, it's great that you you know graduated, uh, move forward in college. You, you get the point, but, but the sense of loss leaves you a bit poignant. It leaves you with an ambivalence that's, that's gray. It's a bit weird and maybe it's irrational, but in those times, in those moments, in the liminal spaces, you feel a rough concoction of feelings and it's never really something that I've seen anyone enjoy. But yes, moving on with classes, knowing I won't be seeing my friends again, although we can say, ah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Of course, one of them's the president of the effing like engineering thing in my college and so like if i ever participate in that i'll see him but we're all extremely busy right um especially with the major wear and just regardless of how smart you are maybe you just procrastinate but whether you're in electrical engineering computer engineering these are some of the hardest engineering you can do like like micro nano systems is god awful i have to i'm dealing with things that your eye can't see at least not one of them uh like you know, it was, most of the times, even that we hung out, like, yeah, we'd go to eat here and there, but it's usually like we're doing homework, right? Or we talked about classes when we talked. And uh, yeah, I know how to talk to people, but, you know, it was centered around school. Without that, you know, it, I'm not exactly sure whether or not I'll be able to make more friends uh, going into my new classes because I got really, really lucky. Uh, I know some people in EE, uh, so at least for the next two semesters, I'll still know some people. 
but honestly, I got really lucky meeting the people I met last year. I was just like a message on Zoom, which is really easy, but the classes might be smaller next semester. So that might help. I don't know. Well, hopefully I'll get lucky again. I really hope so. But going in the, uh, the baseline consideration is not going to meet anyone. Don't go in like expecting to rely on people for homework, which is, you know, if I can't meet people that can help me with homework, this that is definitely my real concern, if we're being completely honest here. Uh, but I think this is natural. It's happened. You know, one of my friends, the one that brought up the liminal spaces, he's, it's moving. It's he, he's he's moving to go run a business that he started, which is really, really cool. Uh, but I knew him in high school and we only got close over the past few months. So there's this sense of man. We could have been friends so much sooner. And we've talked about that before and it kind of sucked, but um, I, I'm not a man of the past. So I don't think, I don't think about it too much. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I, I have a lot to do over summer. Even this script took me around four hours to write because I was watching YouTube on the side, which note to self, don't do that again. Don't do it. No bad. Nope. Uh-uh. No. These scripts should not take more than two hours to write maximum, especially not this script. We should. This is a 20 minute effing script, except for the fact that I talked for like 40 effing minutes about my my effing the love letter of sadness. And I don't know, man, it's like walking out on your family or something basically like ah, I don't know what I can offer you so I'm just leaving this is a freaking crap um, but you know, I kind of just threw my entire day away when I wrote this script which was on Friday two days ago but it'd be like that sometimes for all of us in it but I think I actually wasted my day yesterday too I like went to work I came home from work I'm like I'm gonna finish this Google to search ad certification I got through one effing module Anyway, I got I got work. I got, anyways, I finished work yesterday. So that's great. Uh, probably going to spend my time after work on the Google thing, which I did, and then I spent all of the, just doing nothing. I don't even know what happened. Well, I wasn't even distracted. I was just sitting there staring at it for a while. Uh, yeah. Monday tomorrow, I will edit my video on linear algebra. Uh, did this not save? I think a lot of my script just didn't save, and that's not that sucks. Frick. Um. I'm going to edit the video on linear algebra I made and then, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get it done on Monday. I can finish my thing on, on, on my search ad certification on, on Tuesday and then Wednesday, the video will get uploaded and then I need to work on another video to try to get that out on Wednesday, the next Wednesday after, um, I'm going to be building a PC that'll be, uh, like, I want to say Friday, everything will be in uh, Friday, Saturday sort of thing. If it's Saturday then I have to, someone's going to help me build it. And so I, he'd have to wait until after 12 PM, which would be a bit rough for him. But anyways, yeah, I'm still reading Tokyo Ghoul manga. Uh, I'm going to read Oyasumi Pun Pun with someone else. So I'm waiting for him to finish his uh, last, his math exam and, and then we'll go, go for it. But yeah, other than that, I will, uh, that's, that's about all I got. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Seriously Funny. Liminal Spaces, huh? Crazy. You can YouTube them. There's a great documentary from Solar Sands that uh, a lot of some of the script was based off of. He did a really, really good job analyzing these lim- liminal spaces. You know, he's a docu channel and he's really good. Uh, so, so go, go give that a watch. Um, 
Aside from that, we got nothing. Again, thank you so much for watching, listening to this episode of Seriously Funny. I am your host, Mashwin Kabir. I'm writing fiction, and I will be splitting that into more things, and you will be getting some fictional stories on this podcast as a few trial run, as a trial run, maybe, uh, because I, I might make it its own thing. But anyways, much love. Uh, I will talk at you next week. Don't know clip into the back rooms. Peace.